Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on February 4th, 2024. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Mark Gravrock with the Gospel reading. The Gospel reading for this fifth Sunday of Epiphany is written in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered about the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go elsewhere. Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues, and casting out demons. The Gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Creator and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Somewhere near here or farther away, there is a pastor who is wrestling, contemplating, wondering. Perhaps this pastor already has on his mind or her mind or their mind a congregation in Tacoma called St. Mark's by the Narrows. As she or he is pondering, asking God, Lord, are you calling me away from this congregation that I have been serving now for these years, away from these people that I have loved? This congregation in Tacoma, is this your summons for me? Now perhaps things aren't that far along yet. Perhaps this pastor is engaged with their own congregation in fruitful, joyful ministry and has no inkling whatsoever that the Spirit is about to whisper, let's go elsewhere. Let's go to St. Mark's. Perhaps he or she has no desire to upset what seems to be working really smoothly and isn't aware yet that the Spirit might have some different ideas. Or perhaps this pastor senses that it is time to make a change that they've really done all that they, are, that they can do where they're currently serving, and that both the congregation and the pastor could use the refreshment and stimulation that this kind of change can bring. Somewhere, near here or farther away, God is about to say, let's go elsewhere. Spirit, spirit of gentleness, blow through the wilderness, calling and free. Spirit of gentleness, of restlessness, Stir me from placidness, wind on the sea. Now what is true for pastors is also true for congregations. What's true for the pastor who is going to be coming to us here at St. Mark's is also true for us at St. Mark's. 
Things are going well here, as far as I'm aware. There's vibrant ministry going on in so many different arenas. Gifted people, congregation, and staff both have been following the Spirit's lead in such a panorama with vision and energy and love flowing out in a whole rainbow of ways of serving and growing together. We're far from perfect, of course. We have our glaring blind spots, just as every church does. And there are some things that we think we do well that we could, take a, you know, could use a second look and maybe we'll realize we're not doing quite so well at them as we thought we were. But things are going well here. Even so, the Spirit seeks to stir us from our placidness here as well. One of you might raise a question, have we ever thought about doing this? Or are we missing the boat there? Or someone might visit us here in worship for the first time with brand new eyes and noticing a glaring gap that we've all been blind to. Certainly it's been part of Pastor Audrey's job here as interim pastor to notice gaps and ask uncomfortable questions and invite us to new things. That's part of what an interim pastor does. And certainly when our new lead pastor comes, he or she or they will also come with fresh eyes and fresh visions and we'll, we'll, we'll ask ourselves, are we ready for this ride? Where are we going now? Because things will change, even as they stay the same. One way or another, the Spirit will sidle up to us and whisper, let's try something new. Let's go elsewhere. Spirit of gentleness, blow through the wilderness, calling and free. Spirit of restlessness, stir me from placidness, wind on the sea. It's the same, by the way, as I'm sure you've gathered, with our own personal lives, regardless of whether we're thinking in terms of, of our calling and ministry, or whether we're simply living our lives as ordinary human beings. Those times when life has become comfortable and predictable and maybe just a little bit boring, or those times when our ways of doing things have really worked well, but they cover up gaps and holes that we'd rather not look at, places where deep down we're vaguely aware of something that we're missing. Those times when something keeps tugging at us, asking for our attention, but we don't know yet whether we have the, whether we have the energy or the will to turn and welcome that new thing. Let's go elsewhere, the Spirit whispers. Spirit of gentleness, blow through the wilderness, calling and free. Spirit of restlessness, stir me from placidness, wind on the sea. There's a lot going on in our gospel reading for today. These three quick vignettes from the Gospel of Mark. Uh, first, this dramatic healing of Peter's mother-in-law on the Sabbath, no less. Second, that evening, the whole town full of folks gathered together around the door, seeking and finding healing and deliverance in this Jesus. And then third, finally, this strange early morning encounter, this let's go elsewhere. There's a lot packed into these three quick scenes, but the one that captures me is the last one. Really, really early in the morning, Jesus, long before dawn, slips out and heads for a place where he can be alone. And there he prays. Is this something that Jesus does every morning? Maybe, but the Gospels don't tell us that. Instead, these times of these recorded times of prayer in the Gospels typically seem to show up just before Jesus takes a significant new step in his ministry. That is to say, 
These are times of wrestling and discernment for Jesus. These are times of wrestling and discernment for Jesus. Simon Peter and his friends go hunting for Jesus. When they finally find him, you can sense the exasperation in Peter's voice. Jesus, what's up? We've been searching high and low for you. And Jesus, let's go somewhere else, he says, that I may proclaim my message there too. That, after all, is why I came out. Let's go elsewhere. Apparently that decision to go elsewhere is the purpose of Jesus pre-dawn wrestling in prayer. Is it time to make a change? Time to shift tactics? Time to change location? Time to be on the move? Spirit of gentleness blow through the wilderness calling and free. Spirit of restlessness stir me from placidness wind on the sea. Well, by now most of you are probably well aware that I like to do first-person stories when I can to place myself there on the scene in the Bible story and take on one of the characters. It's a way for me to let the scripture come alive for me and I hope it does for you that way as well. I've never tried it with Jesus before. I've been reluctant to go there because, well, he's Jesus. But today's story invites me to go there. So we're going to, in a moment. The Bible gives us only a few glimpses of Jesus' own inner world, his own inner life. One of the most clear ones is when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he dies, and we can hear his wrestling with his father in prayer. That's, a, that's, a, that's an obvious, powerful one. Today's story is one of the more subtle glimpses. Why does Jesus feel the need to get away and pray? Why does he seem to need to wrestle and discern? Doesn't he know already? His let's go elsewhere. What's going on for Jesus? Well, hiding behind this question is the very mystery of Jesus' identity. Is he God in human flesh? Is he simply a human being? We confess Jesus to be truly God, truly God's son, and at the same time also fully human. How in the world that works? We don't have the foggiest notion how that works. If Jesus is God's son, God's word become flesh, does that mean that he comes from his birth, pre-programmed with a full sense of his identity, with a complete fully formed roadmap for his life, his mission, his life, death, and resurrection, all hardwired into him? Does he know all of this from the start? Or does Jesus have to learn and discover and grow as he goes along, just like the rest of us? The only story that we have from Jesus' childhood is when he's 12 years old in the temple down in Jerusalem, and he says, didn't you know that I need to be about my father's business? He knows that much, but what does that mean for him? Does he understand what it means to be about his father's business? Does he have a clue what all it's going to entail? He's 12 years old. And what was he doing from about age 14 to age 30 now when he starts his ministry? I wanna know. We don't have a clue. All those years when most young men are already married, raising families, and settled into their careers. What's Jesus up to all that time? We don't know much. But if Jesus is truly human, truly one of us, that suggests that he can't come with a full, clear program already hardwired into him, an obvious roadmap 
that he, where he never has to ask any questions or check his GPS. That's what the gospel story tells me today. So let's go there. Let's imagine Jesus' own inner world. Abba, here I am again. I know you're always with me, but somehow it's easier to talk with you and easier to hear you here in the quiet darkness before dawn. Abba, it has begun. After all these years of waiting and wrestling and learning and preparing, it has started. Simon and Andrew, James and John, they actually dropped everything and came with me at a word. Yesterday, Abba, in the synagogue, the hostility and fear there were tangible, but so was also the hunger of most of the ordinary people. Have you come to destroy us, that voice cried. I could feel, Abba, what I know your own heart has been struggling with for centuries. I could feel, the, and I could feel the longing of the masses of people. I feel like I have a home, Abba, here among these people. Simon has welcomed me into his own house. His mother-in-law, after you healed her yesterday, I wanted to stop her from getting up and fixing a meal for us, but she wouldn't hear of it. Her gratitude and her love and her amazing new energy absolutely insisted. She treats me like her own son now. It's pretty sweet. And then all those townspeople last evening, it seemed as if the whole town must have shown up. All those people hungry for you, hungry for healing and deliverance, hungry to be nurtured and to be cared for. I could feel their love and gratitude pouring out. And I could also feel the eyes of those who were there to watch and evaluate and judge, there to protect their own kingdoms of fear. Abba, it's really tempting. It's tempting to stay here in Capernaum, in Simon's house, to settle in and serve these people and enjoy this community. It's a good place and they need me, they need you. Would that be so bad? The message of your kingdom of love, it could spread from here, it could radiate out from Capernaum and little by little the world would come flocking here to this place to find life and healing and hope. Capernaum could be your new Jerusalem, couldn't it? It's a good place, Abba, and these are good people, even the fearful, hateful ones. We can get through to them, can't we? So why do I feel so restless? Why am I out here so early before dawn, listening to the waves lapping on the shore and listening for your gentle voice? I see your vision of this whole nation, a whole world of people waiting for you but I can't be everywhere, can I, Abba? Couldn't I maybe train my, my pupils and send them out two by two to go to all the places that I can't reach myself? There's only one of me. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Why does that keep haunting me? Abba, I've searched your word for 20 years now. For a long time I've found a home in Isaiah's words of your, in his vision for your servant, bringing your light, binding up the bruised reed and nurturing the guttering candle, bearing the burdens of everyone. Abba, 
Does it have to be to the death? The fear and hatred in the eyes of those that I'm threatening, can't I get through to them in some other way? Must it lead to drinking that cup? Abba, is comfort so bad? Is it wrong to long for ordinary human joy? But Abba, you've also put into my heart a longing love for all those harassed and helpless ones out there, the crushed, the brokenhearted, the pushed out, and the pushed down, the ones who don't matter to anyone but you, to anyone but you and me, because your own heart, Abba, fills my small heart. And that, Abba, frees me. Your love fills me and pulls me outward, out of my comfort, out of this lovely Capernaum life, out to embrace this world that you so love. Thank you, dear Abba. Let's go. Ah, here's Simon. Jesus, what's up? We've been searching high and low for you. Good morning to you too, Simon. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go on to the next town and the next one after that. We've got some fishing to do. That, after all, is why I came out. It's not wrong to love comfort. It's not wrong to enjoy home and family, friends and loved ones. These two are gifts from a loving God. It's not wrong to, for us here at St. Mark's to relish the healthy ministry that God has given us in this place. We have a God who delights in grounding us in all of these blessings. And we have a God who also meets us well before dawn in that lonely place, fills us with God's own passion, and whispers, let's go somewhere else. Let's see who and what are waiting for us around the next bend, shall we? Spirit of gentleness, blow through the wilderness, calling and free. Spirit of restlessness, stir me from placidness. Wind on the sea. Amen. You've been listening to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. Thanks for joining us.